without even realizing it, I started a series last week. I didn't know it. I thought I was a onesie. That's what I call a onesie when you preach it once and there's no series. I call them onesies. I thought it was a onesie. It's not even going to be a twosie. It's probably going to be a foursie. And here's what I'm calling it, the power of forward. The power of forward. I think of all the things that COVID did, the whole COVID thing for two years, and probably still is to a point, is it caused people to get lethargic, to kind of settle for, to kind of sit back and lose their zeal, their aggression, their um, motivation towards spiritual things, towards doing the will of God, being at church, playing a part, getting off the benches, onto the field, carrying the ball. People kind of lost that. They quit going forward. And they started going nowhere. Nowhere. And so today, I want to talk to you about the power of forward. And I'm calling this faith's favorite direction is forward. Can we say that together? Faith's favorite direction. <clears throat> Thank you, uh, five or six of you out here. Can we try it again? Come on, everybody. Faith's favorite direction. Are you going forward in faith? Am I going forward in faith? Let me read to you about four men who went forward in the worst of times. Here it is, 2 Kings 7, 3 to 9. Now there were four lepers sitting outside the city gates of Samaria. They asked each other, why sit here until we die? Isn't that a great question? We will starve if we stay here, and we'll starve if we go back into the city. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Syrian army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. That's what you call tough circumstances. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your blessing on the word of God. Uh, light our faith on fire. Rekindle the flame. Help us, Lord, to get our eyes on Jesus and to hotly pursue you. Give us back, Lord, the red-hot zeal, the first love. Help us, Lord, to be excited again about the things of God, the kingdom of God, the work of God, the call of God, the purpose of God over our lives. If that's your prayer, then you lift your hand and say, Lord, rekindle me. Rekindle me in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you're rekindled. Amen. Amen, amen. Now, uh, let me give you a, just a, a little bit of quick background so you can know what's going on here. Uh, Israel, the northern kingdom, the ten tribes, there was the northern kingdom, ten tribes, southern kingdom, two tribes, uh, Judah and Benjamin. Then the other ten comprised the northern kingdom. They had a capital called Samaria. That was the capital. Southern kingdom, Jerusalem. Northern kingdom, Samaria. That was their capital. And they had a bitter enemy. And the enemy was the Syrians. The Syrian army and the Syrians hated the Israelis and came against them over and over again and wanted to destroy them. Nothing new under the sun. Israel in somebody's crosshairs. And 
So one day they decided, we're just going to surround the city and we're going to starve them out. And that's exactly what they did. They sent a huge army. They surrounded the city so that you were closed in. That happened again in 70 AD. That's what the Romans did, starve them out. And this is what the Syrians did, starve them out. It got dire inside of Samaria. Uh, right down to, I'm not going to go into detail, but right down into cannibalism. That's how bad it got. And it looked like it's over with. There's no hope, no way out, no answer, no solution. There's nothing we can do to fix this. The Syrians have us surrounded. And so they began to die. They began to starve. Well, within the city, there were four men who just also happened to be lepers. Now, if you were a leper, nobody wanted you around. If you already had a rejection complex, you were in big trouble if you got leprosy. Because uh, lepers had to ring a bell and tell you they were coming. Nobody wanted to be close enough to them to get the dreaded disease, which, by the way, was terminal. And so they were kicked out of the city. And so they're sitting outside the city gate. They're staring at the Syrian army. They are between a rock and a hard place like you can't believe. Consider these four lepers for a minute. Because that's who we're talking about in the verses we read. All four of them had a terminal disease. All four. Because when you heard leprosy, you knew my life now is limited. And I'm not going to go in a very attractive way at all. Not only were they starving... They were lepers, but they had been rejected and kicked out of the city. So not only were they lepers and starving, but now they're kicked out. They had nowhere to go. And they were placed in dangerous proximity to the Syrian army. Syrian army looking right at them, and they're looking right at the Syrian army. They had no family, no friends, uh, no city, no home, no food, no health, and in the natural, no hope. You think you've got it bad? These four guys had it bad. In the natural, they had nothing. They had nothing that would give them hope in the natural. You know, sometimes when there's no hope in the natural, there's hope elsewhere. The Bible says that our God is the God of all hope. All hope. And, and, and so, right when it looked like the end for them... They asked a million-dollar question. They looked at each other, and they began to converse amongst themselves, and they asked a million-dollar question. And I want you to hear this question, because it's a great question if you're in a really hard place. Your marriage is troubled. Your kids are troubled. Uh, you don't have an income stream. You don't know what to do. I'm going to talk about that. What do you do when you don't know what to do in just a moment? But you're in a situation where it doesn't look like there's anything that's giving you hope in the natural. Somebody's walked out on you. You've been left high and dry. Uh, the job's not working out. You wake up in the morning, you say, I wish it was night. You, you go to bed at night, you say, I wish it was morning. Your energy is low. You don't know what to do, where to go. We get into situations like that. And what do you do? Well, they ask the question. They said, why are we sitting here until we die? That is a great question. I'm going to ask it again. Why are we sitting here until we die? Some of you need to ask yourself that question. Why, and, and, and by 
uh, online right now. I'm talking to people in their home. And later by radio. And all over the country by internet. Listen, you need to ask yourself, why am I just sitting here giving up until I die? They ask that question. Why are we sitting here? What are we doing, guys? Sitting here until we die. Why are we just sitting here? Why are we doing nothing? In other words, we're, we're completely inactive. We're not being proactive about, at all about our situation. And they started asking, why should we give up? Well, the natural, I can give them all kinds of reasons to give up. But they said, why should we give up? Why quit? Why throw in the towel? Why lay down and roll over? Why in the world cave in to these terrible circumstances? Why should we do it? And then, and then they had conversation. They asked, we're going to starve if we stay here. If I stay in this situation, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. If I don't do something, take proactive steps, move in faith, do something, in this situation, I'm just going to sit here and die. We'll starve if we stay here. And if we go back, we'll starve if we go into the city. There was no solution going backward. Everybody say, there's no solution going backward. No, 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 there's nothing back there for you. There's nothing back there in that world. There's no solution going backward. You can't return to the way you were because you have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's dear son. There's nothing back there. Amen? So, so they said there's no solution in going backward. We can't go in there. We'll die there. And there's no solution just sitting here until we die. And so they concluded, either way, this is a no-win proposition and the only solution was forward and you know what church the only solution for you and me when we're in a tight place the only direction to go is forward the only solution is forward the power of forward we go forward they concluded we've got to go forward so they said we might as well go out that means go forward and surrender to that Syrian army out there. Because if they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, oh well, we were going to die anyway. But I'm not going to sit here until I die. You know, you can think what you want about these four men. But I like what they concluded. Nothing back there. Nothing in sitting here. The only thing I can do is go forward in faith. Now there comes a time for all of us. There's not a person here who's not going to reach a place sometime in life, maybe you're there right now, where all the deck seems stacked against you. And, and, and you're in a desperate, difficult, trying, vexing situation. It, it, it's stacked against you. You're a child of God. Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You know the word of God. But circumstances have gone such that you're, you're, you're between a rock and a hard place right now. And if you go behind you, that's not going to work. If you sit there, you're just going to die. So the only, the only way to go is forward. Do you know the armor of God has nothing for the back? It's only for the front. It has nothing to protect a retreating Christian. It's only a forward armor. Everybody say forward. We get, into, we get into difficult situations. Life happens. Just because you're a child of God doesn't mean life's not going to happen. Did you lose that job or that marriage that you worked so hard for? Or somebody lets you down? Or you get a report at the doctor? Something. 
and you're in a situation and you don't know what to do, where to go, and, and we've all, we all get into a situation like these four men who found themselves in an impossible spot. And so they said, what are we going to do? We're going to take action or we're going to die. I came to do, today to tell you that, folks, when you don't know what to do, where to go, and you're up against the wall, there's only one thing to do. Look up, put your faith in God, grab hold of his promises, and let your foot go forward. Forward in God. Forward in faith. And I'm not talking about you're going to physically die if you sit there. I'm talking about there's, spirit, there, there's all kinds of figurative ways that we can die. And, I, and I've seen people die these ways many times in my life. There, there, there can be spiritual death, such as growing lukewarm or even cold toward God. You know, what's, your, what's the, the spiritual temperature of your life and mine like it was, say, three years ago? Where is it now? Because, see, you can sit there, you can be alive and go to work and come home and raise a family, but spiritually you've been in decline. And, and, and so you need to ask yourself, why am I just sitting here until I finally just die spiritually? Why am I just sitting here? Anybody hearing me today? Why am I just sitting here? Why am I just sitting here? Or we can experience vocational death where our business suffers a setback or there's no opening for a job and we're in trouble or educational death where you're no longer learning, which I consider a type of death. There are people that say, you know, I went to college, I got my degrees, I don't need to study anymore. No, never stop learning, never stop intellectually growing, never stop spiritually growing. We should all grow in every way until Jesus comes and takes us away. And, but there are people who die, they die intellectually, they die in their learning. They just sit back and die. Or there can be family death. There can be a family death where marital alienation and strife have entered the home. The kids have gone crazy and everybody is divided. The family unit is in trouble. What are you going to do? Say, well, we're just going to sit here until it gives up the ghost? Or am I going to get proactive? Am I going to move forward in faith and take action where God moves on my situation? Because let me tell you today, church, God answers prayer. God makes a way where there is no way. God opens the door when it looks like there is no option. God makes a way where there isn't one. And when these things happen, you and I can sink into a place of weariness, disillusionment, discouragement, and despondency. And it's at this junction that some people just decide to sit down and give up on life. And that's not the will of God. Maybe you're thinking about that today, or you've already done it on the inside. You're walking around, but it's like an automaton. Uh, you're doing everything by rote. It's duty instead of delight. It's just doing what you know you should do, but you don't any longer want to do it. And I'm here to tell you that God can wind up your want to do again. God can give fire in your heart again. Come on, everybody. He, he, he wants you to live again. He is the God who resurrects people from the dead. So you can sit down and you can give up, and all kinds of people have done it. Or there are those that, just like these four lepers, they decide to take action and move forward rather than die where they sit. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to die till I'm dead. 
I am not going to die till I'm dead. Do I have any takers in here? I am not going to, you're not going to bury me until I'm ready to be buried. I'm not dying till I'm dead. But there are some people that died years ago and they just haven't been buried yet. Not me. Everybody say, not me. I've come to announce today that faith's favorite direction is forward. Forward. Faith never throws in the towel. Faith never lays down and quits. Faith never unplugs from hope. Faith always believes God to act again, to turn things around, to move on our behalf. Faith is a verb. Faith causes us to step, to move, to take action, to be proactive, to step out trusting that God is going to move and, and, and take action on our behalf and do what only God can do. Faith is always focused on forward. When the famous African missionary David Livingston, that's where David Livingston, I presume, came from. David Livingston was first asked where he would be willing to go. Where would you be willing to go as a missionary? He said, anywhere, provided it be forward. Amen. How many of you want to move forward? Anybody in here that likes sitting, soaking, and souring? I'm not going to sit, soak, and sour. I'm going to move forward. Everybody say forward. The Bible is full of forward examples. When you look at God's luminaries, God's heroes of the faith, they were always moving forward. Abraham went forward in faith and journeyed over a thousand miles to the land of Canaan, and he did not have a minivan. He had camels. They walked over a thousand miles. He went forward. Moses went forward and crossed the Red Sea and then crossed the wild wilderness. He went forward. The Bible records that when the children of Israel had been delivered from Egypt and they were down by the Red Sea and they looked at the Red Sea in front of them and wondered, what are we going to do? And then suddenly, here comes Pharaoh's chariots behind them. And once again, they're between a rock and a hard place. We've got nowhere to go. We have no options. What are we going to do? And what did God tell Moses to tell the people? Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Lift up your rod, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So Moses did something crazy, but he just held out that rod towards the water. I'm sure all the people were thinking, well, the leader's lost his mind. He's just pointing a staff out there at the sea. But suddenly a strong wind blew, and that sea parted. You have a wall of water on either side. And God didn't stop there. He dried out the mud. And they went across on dry land. But I want to tell you, the only way it happened was not going backward to Egypt, not just sitting there until they died. No, they went forward in faith. And God made a way where there was no way. We read that David went forward. I love this. It says he ran toward Goliath. He didn't just walk towards him hesitantly, wondering, is this going to work or not? It says he ran towards him. He ran forward towards him and took the giant down. Nothing happened until young David went forward and the champion, the author and finisher of our faith, our Lord Jesus, 
Listen, he went forward to Jerusalem to die on the cross for us. Listen to the way the Bible describes it. Luke 9, as the time drew near for his return to heaven, he moved steadily onward toward. That's a forward word, toward what? Jerusalem with an iron will. He said, I came here to die on the cross. Nothing's going to stop me from dying on the cross. Nothing's going to take me from my purpose. Nothing's going to take me from God's will. And he went forward every day towards Jerusalem, knowing what awaited him, but it did not stop him. And going forward, he died for us. One commentator writes, every word and act that Jesus took was consciously a step forward to that great consummation of his death on the cross. How many of you are glad that Jesus went forward? Where in your life today and where in my life do we need to go forward? Do we need to to, to stand up again? Do we need to walk forward again? Do we need to take authority again? Do we need to occupy again? Where is it that that we've kind of gotten weak kneed and pulled back and sat down and we're sitting there and we're facing the army, but what we don't know is if we'll go forward, God will act on our behalf. Amen. These four lepers did not have great faith, folks. We're not told once that they looked up to God and said, well, make a way where there is no way, God. No, they had a little bit, a little mustard seed of faith. And they just said, let's go. Let's go. And what they did not know, listen, is that when they went forward, when they took that first step out of despondency and went forward, God moved, God went into action, God undertook in a way that they could not have dreamed. Because the Bible says that evening they went out forward to the camp of the Syrians. And we're told in Scripture that when they got to the Syrian camp, nobody was there. Nobody was there. Can I read it to you? Let me read it to you. It says, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the whole Syrian army to hear things. The clatter of speeding chariots, and there were none. A loud galloping of horses, and there weren't any. And the sounds of a great army, and there wasn't one. He made them hallucinate. They started hearing things that weren't there. God, they took one step, those four lepers. You talk about the unlikely Doing the unbelievable. They took one step forward and God said, that's it. There's somebody moving in faith. I'm moving. And they said, do you hear that? Oh, I hear that. It's an incredible army. Let's get out of here. They were so terrified. They left everything that Samaria, the city, the starving city needed. They left it. The Bible says the Syrians ran away early that evening. They left everything behind. Everybody say everything. The only thing they ran with was the clothes on their back and the sandals on their feet. That's it. They left everything. It says they left their tents, their horses, and donkeys, and they ran for their lives from something that wasn't there. And the four lepers were so sh- as shocked as any man ever could be. Food, water, horses, weapons, and goods all there for the taking. And they began to eat, and they began to drink, and they got gold and silver. They got everything. 
The massive, mighty Syrian army was defeated by God when four weak, ostracized, leprous, unlikely men decided to move forward rather than lay down and die. You say, well, Jeff, I'd love to move forward, but I have no clue how to move forward. I don't know what to do. Can I give you an answer today? Here's an answer. When you don't know what to do, do what you do know to do. Now listen carefully to me. Say, I don't know what to do. My home's falling apart. I don't have an income stream. I'm between a rock and a hard place, up against a wall. There's no answer, no solution. I have no idea what action to take. I'd love to step forward in faith, but I don't know where or how to do so. Listen, there are foundational truths in the Bible. There are courses of action. There are steps forward that are always available to believers that will get things moving. Let me tell you what they are. You ready? This is so simple. What do I do, Jeff? I don't know what to do. Here's what you do. You know to do this. Cry out to God. Cry out to, well, that's not very practical. Oh, that's entirely practical. Because that's where all your help is going to come from. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So, so, so I'm going to call out on God. Everybody say, cry out to God. Give you, for instance, King Jehoshaphat, when facing a massive invading army, a huge, innumerable army that far eclipsed his own, he prayed this prayer to God. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do. But we're looking to you for help. That's what you know to do when you don't know what else to do. You know to do that. Every believer can start right there. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. He's listening. He's answering. He'll move. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and does not upbraid them for asking. God does not chasten you or rebuke you for asking him for wisdom to know what to do. You can start there. Cry out to God. Second, take advantage of what's right in front of you. What do you mean, Jeff? God's already given you everything you need for your victory. Can I say that again? God's already given you everything you need for your victory. I'm going to say it one more time. It's already right in front of you. Because God, who sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross for us, does not leave us without answers, without steps we can take when we're up against a wall. So, you use what's right in front of you. There are steps of faith you can take right now. Here's what Jehoshaphat didn't have a comparable army. He didn't have an army that could match it. But he did have a prophet and he did have worshipers and he made use of what he had. Look around you right now in your situation. Say, God, what have you already put in front of me that I can put into good use right now? What can I do right now? What can I put my hands to? What step of faith can I take? And the prophet he did have, he accessed him. And that prophet encouraged them. I love these words. Listen to what he said. This is what the Lord says to you. This is what the Lord says to you too and to me. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. 
You will not even need to fight. Are you kidding me? Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Don't be afraid, don't waver. Now watch this. March out, and that's orders to go forward. Boldly tomorrow, God is with you. Yeah. He didn't have a vast army. He didn't have all the weaponry they had. In the natural, they were completely eclipsed and defeated before it even started. But they had God, and they cried out to God. And God gave them a prophet, and God went further. He gave them singers. He gave them worshipers. He gave them people that knew God and knew how to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And here's what Jehoshaphat did. It, it was crazy. But he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That's what they were saying and that's what they were singing. I want to try it. Can we say praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Let's try it again. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Do you believe that? Give the Lord a hand of praise. So can you see with me that God gave them everything they needed for their success and for their victory? And the Bible says, I love this, the minute they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir began fighting each other, and they destroyed each other. While Israel sat there and just kept on singing, praise the Lord, His mercy endures forever. They're watching all the armies that were coming against them destroy each other. They didn't have to lift a finger. So take your pick. God can send hallucinations to your enemy or God can cause your enemy to turn on himself and defeat himself while you sit there and praise God. So what has God given us? God has given us the ability to cry out. What has God given us? The ability to praise him. God has given us tools for the trade of walking with God, things that bring victory so say with me, he did what he knew to do. He made use of what he had. And he took every forward step God gave him. Mm. So you know what that does for me? It tells me when I'm in a battle, look what's right in front of me. Because right in front of me is the word of God the people of God, the grace of God, the angels of God, the spirit of God, the promises of God. So step forward in faith, grab the weapons of your warfare, even when the lion's roaring, when the storm is raging, when the winds are howling, when the odds are against you, stand up and step forward. God will help you even then. Can we stand up together today? I can't tell you how many times God has brought victory to my life when I simply made use of what he put in front of me. You know, he wanted to feed 5,000 people, probably 10,000 because that wasn't counting the women and children. And he just said, just give me what you have. There's your step of faith right there. Just give me what you have. And I'm going to take a little and make it a lot. 
I'm going to take a little and give you total victory. He told the man with a withered hand, stretch it forward. And as he did, it was healed. It was withered when he started, but by the time it went forward, Can we say the power of forward? The ten lepers, he said, go to the priest. Go to the priest for cleansing. And it says, as they went forward, they were healed. If they'd stood there and said, well, that's the weirdest request I've ever heard in my life. I believe I'll just sit here till I die. Jesus would have said, okay. And when they started going forward, healing. Where in your life and mine do we need to stand up and go forward? Take steps of faith. Quit mully grubbing around in your self-pity. Have you ever noticed when you throw a pity party, nobody comes from heaven? The, the devil loves pity parties. He'll send all kinds of demons to sit there and fellowship with you. But God won't come because God doesn't believe in pity parties. No, he believes in forward movement in faith so in my life in your life where do we need to stand up and start moving in our marriage with a habit that we have the victory over the tools are right there Ah, it can be a million things how many of you have thought of an area in your life you need to move forward in as I've spoken. Can I see? With some people, it's just getting healed on the inside. Your heart's been broken. The Bible says, take what is lame and move forward. And a righteous life moving forward will heal it broken heart is it time for you to be healed is it time for you to quit crying is it time for you to move on let God open doors for you let God do a new thing shall you not know it he's making a road in the wilderness a river in the desert but you got to move forward take action how many of you will let me pray for, for you and with you about this can we Raise your hands to the Lord if you need to move forward in any area. I know I do. The Lord forward is faith's direction. Help me today to grab the tools you've given me, your word and prayer, fellowship, faith, and take a step forward. And I believe as I step forward, God will move on my behalf and make a way where there is no way. Can everybody say with me, the sea is going to part. The hand's going to be healed. The bread's going to multiply. I'm going to experience victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord praise today. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.